Hello, everyone. Welcome to the interview segment of today's episode. The hosts for the interview today are Sophia and Cameron, which is me. Here we have Mr. Benson Shapiro, a teacher at Dakota Collegiate and leader of their GSA. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Very cool to hear. Thank you for coming. All right, so the first question we have is around what age did you find out that you were slash could be gay? Oh, that's that's a loaded question. So I have recollection of um, being attracted to men probably younger than six years of age. I, uh, I remember being at the family cabin and going out for a bike ride and uh, at one of the local stores, um, two teenage boys came out and I remember doing a lap back around to check them out. And I was, would say, five or six years old. And then where I felt the age I found out I could be gay, um, I didn't come out till I was 30, just based on microaggressions and a bunch of other stuff that happened that kept me in the closet. Thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. What has been your experiences so far being gay? Um, so far, it's fabulous and fantastic. Um, I would say that like the transition to living an out and open gay lifestyle has been absolutely incredible. Um, definitely helped me reconcile that I need to be representation where for students and for youth and for people who like me, didn't necessarily have representation growing up. So I want to make sure that I am here representing those who don't get to see uh, positive gay or LGBT representation in their daily life. I think that's really important because like when I was younger, like in my old school, we didn't have any teachers that were a part of the community. And then I came here and we have a whole bunch of teachers that are just, you know, it's, it's pretty cool, pretty cool for um, uh, us to be able to uh, get to know people that are part of the community themselves so it's pretty great yeah that is really cool um uh have you been greeted with support or negativity good question i think it depends on the scenario and where i'm at um when i first came out and started teaching i was teaching up north where you know i had to be very cautious of who knew and how many people knew i uh worked with a student who in a northern community came out as trans and the bravery that that student had to be able to do that i knew i didn't have but if their parents found out that i was gay it would have been put on me that it was my agenda that um converted or caused them to go through transition but um normally it's been very positive and then once i got back to the city uh louis real school division is very open and honest when it comes to these things and I am able to display a picture of myself and my husband in my office. I'm able to be out and loud and proud which also gives me a voice when I hear things like that's so gay. It gives me that opportunity to use my own experience and my own knowledge to put an end to that and to stop using terminology in a negative way and you know hopefully help those students see that they are using a word that should be seen in a positive light. I think, you know, that's really great that you're able to do that. Like, I know that we've covered stereotypes in this episode previously. Um, however, like, I think that's definitely really true. There's, like, stereotypes that, like, um, gay people turn other people gay, which just isn't true, like, at all. I find that really silly that that's something that people think. Um, that's really great that you're now in an environment where you're able to express yourself and be happy without the fear of, you know, other people 
putting you down or blaming you for things. It's that's really great. Yeah, and it comes with knowledge too. The more we know, the more we're able to fight back. And it, I mean, and that really is part of the agenda of some really conservative hetero groups is to prohibit the amount of learning that we do around these things because a lack of understanding leads to fear, fear leads to hate, and that's exactly what they want. So by making sure that people are educated, see representation, know someone in a positive light who is whatever that minority group could be, um, that ends that cycle. I've, I've been incredibly lucky when it comes to representation, like at a young age, like I've been like, I've been taught about it, like, I was told by my parents, like, even before I did come out to them, because I am a part of the community myself, even before I did come out to my dad, um, I was told several times by my parents, like, you know, you can, like, you can be a part of the community, we'll always support you, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, and so I'm very lucky to be brought up in that kind of a community, because I know that many people don't have that um, same luck that I do with that. And I love hearing when parents support the kids and and are allies or in some cases part of the community themselves and never felt that they could come out. And then, you know, their child comes out and, is, and they go, oh, well, actually, I identify as bi myself, but I didn't see it until now. Uh, and it's interesting how when your child comes out that that gives you your own power. That's pretty awesome, even if it's just allyship. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and what Sophia was talking about kind of goes into our next question, which is what are some stereotypes that you've heard yourself? There are so many. I think um, I think of one stereotype incident where um, myself and my now husband were walking into a store at a um, shopping mall and two, I would say broskies, university age, were coming out of the store and they called us fags and we were like, um, hold on. Us two going in look the exact same as you two coming out. So where are they filling in these gaps or how were they able to tell? Um, one of those other, some of the other stereotypes I think is like we were, like I had said earlier in the podcast, uh, on one of the other questions is, um, is that whole concept of gay agenda and converting and, you know, grooming into the lifestyle. And I think that that is one of the most common stereotypes is what is our agenda? Our only agenda is what? Brunch on Sunday? That is maybe like the only truthful stereotype because just like in hetero cisnormative culture, it is a variety of people that make up that, um, that cohort of people. And same with the LGBT2S plus community is we have a variety of people that look different ways from things like we would call lipstick lesbians to, you know, everyday businessmen who you would never know are just what we would call on the DL. Um, and they are living life as if they were hetero, but they still enjoy same sex partners. And I think that that's those stereotypes, it's hard. You see the stereotypes that are put out in the media and in social media and, and movies and that hyper feminine um, gay little twink who like that's the representation that they see. And yes, that's true. And we have those in our community, but we have a variety of different people at different ranges of 
physicality. I've noticed that with a lot of stereotypes, like even in the stereotype segment that we had earlier this episode, like I've noticed most stereotypes are categorizing gay people as just one singular person, like they're all the same. When it's just, I find that really stupid because, like, they don't categorize straight people as all the same. Like, we're all people. What does a sexual orientation or sexuality have to do with people's personalities or, you know, what they're like? It's, I find that really dumb that people are like that. Yeah, and I, I think it's hard to put that into a box. Um, I know I, I wouldn't put myself in a really highly masculine box. My husband is more uh, of the line that he would use would be, um, I'm just a dude who loves dudes. Yeah. I, I like to be a little bit more fluid in my masculine to femininity, and I would say I queer out, which means probably taking on more of that what stereotypical role when I'm around other LGBT people because it's a safe place to do so, it's fun, it's letting loose. But at the same time, I would also categorize myself as a dude who loves dudes. Yeah, I think, like, and there's nothing wrong with being the more stereotypical um, kind of person. Like, that doesn't mean that everybody is like that. Like, it's it's fine to be like that. Like, everyone's themselves, right? Mm -hmm. you, you be yourself, and everyone should just accept that or, or that. Yeah. What is something you would say to people um, struggling to accept that they are gay? Give it time and space. And... It's okay to not know where you stand at this current moment. There's a lot of stuff that goes out and goes on in society that makes it unsafe for us. And sometimes we have to give it time and space to come to the realization or to come around to what is safe for you. So whether that is, maybe it's not safe for you to come out at home and maybe that's your hold back, but it does get better. And when you train a team, you start to be able to have the freedom to kind of choose your family. And so often we hear about LGBTQ2S plus uh, community members who have to make their own family after maybe a horrific incident in the coming out process with their family. And it's about making sure that you surround yourself with positive people and positive influences that enable you to be the best person you could be. Even if you were the most macho football player, if you want to take ballet, regardless of heterosexual, gay, whatever, you need to have a safe space where you can do that. Same with us. And it gets better and it gets safer the more we go. So you have to stick with it, find community groups, find social groups that can support you through it. And you'll get there when the time is right for you. And just know that the time will come. It might not be right now. It might not be in a week. But give it a year, give it two years, give it three years. It will get better and easier. Um, why did you think you were gay when you first started to realize? Um, I think the, the biggest delineation obviously was that I wasn't attracted to the opposite sex. Hmm. Um, I think the... I think it's hard to reconcile it because, like I said in the earlier question, like realizing it and, and kind of trying to process it out at six years of age and being like, okay, I'm attracted to this, I'm not attracted to that. I don't know what that is. I don't know why that is. It's okay right now. And then as you kind of learn and you grow up in like a very heteronormative society, 
um, where there's certain expectations and, well, let's face it, sexualization of young boys and girls who are like, oh, he's going to be quite the, the catch to the ladies or, you know, vice versa. Mm-hmm. That's when you start realizing that maybe what, the way you're thinking isn't okay. And maybe that's the way that you're, the way you're thinking isn't normal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen these things, but I've seen these baby clothes clothes um, that are um, very, like, sexualized for and very gendered. And I'm just like, this just seems so wrong to me. Like, you're sexualizing an infant, and let alone you're also putting gender roles onto them the second they're born. Like, that's just, that's completely wrong. Yeah. And I just think that's just, it's just, I can't even begin to explain how I feel about that. Yeah, it's just getting you know, the onesie that says daddy's little lady killer is you know that's exactly. a little, yeah, it's like, so weird there's like, yet those same parents might not allow their kid to go to a story time read by a drag queen uh-huh. which exactly. is very much a I've standard. seen so many like cute videos of drag queens reading books they're like the cutest things like mm-hmm. genuinely I wish I had been able to do that as a child like that's just insane it's, it's really weird how it's yeah as you said it's very double standards like that um the next question we had is actually very similar to another one so i think we're gonna skip this one it's have you received more support than homophobia we kind of went over that already um unless you want to answer that yeah, yeah i mean we can and yeah. like and the the truth is i i feel more supported now because of the community that i built around myself than i did when i was in the closet and i had a great community around me when i was in the I had a very open community. Even my parents, I mean, they put me through art school. So if they didn't know back then, I don't know who did. But the um, but the honest is, I had the luxury of kind of being supported the whole way through. Um, I would say that that isn't the story for everyone. But that's why as people in the community and with Ally Support, we build our own family and the family is the people that you choose to have around you that's really true yeah um this kind of goes um with the stereotypes question but what are some things you've heard that you wish to debunk about being gay like if you have any good like pet peeves or something that people always say um i think some of those myths or stories that need to be debunked is that um you know we're all about a certain type of person Mm -hmm. we you know we all have pride flags hanging in our homes as as our sole piece of art or you know we live a certain way or we have certain plans and we only do certain things and the truth is like any like any relationship or any um group of people we're going we have more of a spectrum to us rather than Mm -hmm. just one delineated section and i think what you have to understand is that the the total jock football player can be gay and so can the um like i said that femme twink who's wearing a skirt to school can also be gay and they can have overlapping interests because it is a spectrum Mm -hmm. and um i think really the pet peeve is underestimating the power of the lgbt2s plus community and how much and how powerful we actually are 
I also think um, a lot of those stereotypes come from like media. Like in a lot of movies, like the gay character is always the gay character and not just a character who happens to be gay. And I think I'm hopefully like that, like they stop doing that as much, but it still happens quite a bit in movies and stuff. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. Like I am, I think we mentioned something like this in the podcast somewhere. I'm not quite sure where, but like, you know, it's just with representation in media, it's always the same. It's always the same personality, same characters. Like it's very similar and it doesn't show any like diversity. Like, I don't, I can't think of a single movie where there's like a football boy that's gay at all. It's always like the hyper feminine boy that's always gay. So there's always like, you know, it's just, it's very much like that. I definitely have noticed that as well. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's that tokenism, right? It's always yeah. that one mm-hmm. ethnic friend or that one LGBT2S plus friend who they focus on. And it's like, if you're looking at a American high school where you know on average they have like 2,000 plus students and there's one gay boy in the entire school yeah maybe one in the closet well I mean statistics alone would tell us that you know a fifth of that population would be LGBT in some regard oh yeah exactly Mm -hmm. It's, it's that's really true so another thing that kind of school related is like what is it like to be a teacher that identifies as gay uh it's pretty awesome because you get to correct um, and kind of realign students' thought process um, a lot of the time. And, you know, it was funny, yesterday I was sitting with a student who I've known for the last four years, and um, we were just talking about kind of, and I don't remember how it came up, we were kind of talking about gay voice and mannerisms and stuff like that, and he was like, yeah, you know, I would say you have a little bit of gay voice, and I'm like, okay, and we were talking, and then it dawned on me that he probably doesn't even know. It's just that what like my situation is so I said to him I'm like do you know that I'm married to a man he's like I didn't but now I do and I'm like so does that change how you view me and he's no why would it and I thought that that was really interesting that you know he was going from not a place that was malicious or mean but from a place of just observation and you know, and he didn't mean for it to come across as a microaggression, but if it wasn't me and it was like another student who was saying that, I could see that being a microaggression and how that mm-hmm. might cause that student to be, yeah, it was going to come out this afternoon, but because mm-hmm. of that comment, I'm, it might wait a week or a month yeah. or a yeah, year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, honestly, it's, uh, I think it's received well because most of the students recognize that it's just representation. And that even our, my football students, the football boys, who are, you know, pretty stereotypical in themselves, I think they, um, they recognize that they wouldn't be good at football and wouldn't have the program they have without positive representation and seeing themselves in that school and in that space. So I think they understand that for some, this is basically I'm the coach. I'm the one that is the representation and showing that you can exist in the space just as you are and at least you have one space and one person to go to who will never judge you for struggling to come out or being out to your friends and not at home or whatever that might look like yeah that that makes a lot of sense and i think on the topic of coming out um i had a situation where i was the first person someone told first person someone came out to and i genuinely felt really you know um very happy that they trusted me with that 
um, and a message to people who are the first people that people tell, please like respect them and please don't tell anyone else if they don't want you to because um, that can be very harmful because they trust you and you may trust other people, but they don't know those people. They don't trust those other people. So um, please just you know respect what they say even if you know you're really uh, excited and proud of sport because I know I made this mistake when I uh, when I was younger I wasn't educated enough and um, I told someone and it ended up being okay but it was like you know I was like oh I'm just so proud of you like I really want to help you I think everyone would be really supportive of you I want to help you um, come out and things like that the thing is they weren't ready and that definitely put pressure on them which definitely it wasn't the intention I had but it definitely did have an impact right so I think the best thing that I can say is totally like just respect what they're saying like even if you really want to help them like the best thing you can do is to just respect what they're saying and just you know keep it like that but yeah yeah and it's their story to tell exactly. and they're telling you as their first chapter and you can't spoil the story there's exactly. no spoilers yeah. Um, and I think that that is also something that we have to hold carefully is that every story is going to be different and every pathway is going to be different. And especially it's already scary enough to tell that first person because you're already reconciled with that in your own mind that you're going to lose that person. Exactly. And for you to have all that process and all that built up angst in telling people only to find out that someone else spilled the beans on you. Yeah. Like that really messes with your brain on your journey. And um, I think it all, everyone has that where someone spills the beans to someone else and it wasn't their place. But, um, but that's also kind of part of our journey is dealing with people who've never had to come out or never had to reconcile that they were different and might be isolated from their community. But, um, you know, with proper training, and, I, and again, I have a lot of faith in your generations and future generations that this is just going to become kind of part of the norm. And um, I love hearing, you know, stories now that like, you know, gay couples are well into the adoption process, their children are now kind of coming to the age where they're graded above and are starting to reconcile their own sexuality. And it's just great to hear gay couples who are like, yeah, so one child is actually gay and came out, and the other child had to come out hetero. And it's kind of like, mm -hmm. is that a deflating comment? Is that kind of, a, that's kind of a nice kind of twist in scenarios to hear that a, a child had to come out as hetero yeah. in a gay family. It's it's or, kind of like, it's kind of neat, though, because it shows that, like, you know, we're all the same. Like, sexualities are, like, you know... They're, you know, they're different, right? I mean, we're not all the same person, but, like, you know, we're all people, yeah. right? And it's like, you know, everyone will have a different experience, and just, just because someone else is this doesn't mean that person will be. It's like, it's like if I was to say, like, oh, yeah, I like art, so, like, this person who has no interest in art is going to like art. It's, it doesn't really make sense, but I think that's really true. Yeah. Also, um, I think, like, hopefully one day, We'll get to a point where like someone's sexuality is like the same as like their dominant hand like i, I really think it would be cool if it's just like yeah. like when i tell someone i'm left-handed they're just like oh that's cool like i really hope at one point you could just say i'm gay and they're like oh cool that's a really good way to put like, it actually yeah. i it, like it really shouldn't matter that much because it only changes like a few things like in your life i'd say yeah and i don't know about you all in here because i don't know where what how you guys identify 
if you identify. But, you know, just telling one person alleviates the stress by 50%. And that's kind of me as a counselor role, even with mental health, just giving that secret or that information to someone to hold on to with you alleviates your stress by 50%. So if you have someone who you can trust, be cautious, but share it because why would you hold that on? Why would you hold on to that? much stress genuinely like when i um came out to my dad like i I even waited a bit because i was still trying to figure myself out it took me a long time like i i'm omnisexual which means that um i think we have an episode coming up on this sometime but it means um it's basically um pansexual but you um you see the gender you like you have a more preference for a specific gender so for me um that's women i am more i have more preference for women and um i first identified as bisexual so I, um, I had to work stuff out myself, and once I figured that out, I waited a little bit, and it was even nervous to tell, like, like I was even nervous to tell my dad, even though I knew he would support me. It's still a scary thing to do, and don't feel invalidated because you're like, oh, my family supports me, they know this. Don't feel invalidated because it's still, you know, it's still a stressful thing to do, right? So. Yeah. My favorite part about that is uh, the Shoots Creek scene where they're talking about the bottles of wine for the purpose of this we'll switch to chocolate bars right <laughs> some like white chocolate some like milk chocolate some like dark chocolate but when i go for a chocolate bar i might always prefer to go to milk mm-hmm. but like you were saying sometimes people dabble in a little bit of white chocolate or a little bit of dark chocolate it's not always milk for them even though that's what they tend to go for mm-hmm. and i think that that is one of those just simplified ways of, of writing it, of conceptualizing it. And I think even our hetero counterparts kind of fall into that where they might yeah. be mainly heterosexual, but I feel like everyone has to be on the spectrum somewhere because you wouldn't have bros if you weren't slightly attracted to guys. Uh-huh. I mean, that's how we have friends and pick up friends. We have, you know, one guy who has more girlfriends because that might be more the direction they lean. Yeah. We might have girls who have more boyfriends than because that's the way they lean. And it's not a, anything about being on the LGBT spectrum. You can be hetero, but you have to have some appeal to and or be attracted to the similar sex. Otherwise, you wouldn't have friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how relationships get formed and bonded. Yeah, there's so many different types of relationships, like platonic relationships, you know. Uh, romantic relationships, sexual sexual relationships. We talked about this in our last episode on eromanticism a little bit. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next question. Um, <laughs> what was your experience being gay when growing up? So uh, my my mom kind of had this line: it doesn't matter whether you're gay, straight, lesbian, bisexual, whatever, as long as you bring home a partner who's Jewish. just for the record just for the record i married a polish catholic um but that was her way of saying that she was okay with it and that for her religion was um more important and and it was funny because as you know as being in the closet and portraying and living my life as a straight person um i would avoid relationships that other friends would set me up on and one of the main things excuses i would use would be i would blame it on religion Mm. They're not Jewish, so I don't think that's going to go anywhere. It was an easy way out. And then, um, you know, other ways that I kind of stayed in the closet um, were around eating. 
if I felt ugly, then, um, you know, why would the opposite sex be attracted to me? So, um, it wasn't until I like came out that I lost about 200 pounds because the stress eating and the basically eating myself up alive for what I, who I was inside disappeared. Mm-hmm. It was out in the open. Yeah. Um, so like, like I said, I had a, I really lucked out and I really did have, um, a supportive family, but even within that support, microaggressions came out. Um, I remember in grade 11, I had a quote unquote girlfriend and, uh, so did my brother, who's a little, two years younger than me and at the family dinner table with like my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, you know, it came, it came out that I had a girlfriend, my brother had a girlfriend and my mom said, Yep, that's right. I only have men in my family, not thinking and not knowing what that microaggression did to me. And, uh, you know, like I said, super supportive, totally an ally, um, one of my biggest supporters, but just those little things that you don't think of as just a heterosexual cis person who's having kids. Like you never anticipate anything outside the norm. It's very much like my situation. Like I, I've always been very supportive to the LGBTQ community, and even you know ended up being a part of the community myself. And you know I made the mistake of like disrespecting my friend when they told me not to tell anyone because I did tell someone. And I think you know I regret it to this day, obviously. But you know I think I definitely learned a lesson that way. And I think that you know even as you said, even the most supportive people can still you know make mistakes and. You know, you just have to be aware that you make those mistakes because you can't deny them. Like, they happen and they affect people. Yeah. And I didn't have the same education that is out there now and the same information. And, you know, I I did see a media's representation of stereotypes that I realized wasn't, um, you know, I, I wasn't going to dabble in makeup to, as part of my coming out process. I wasn't going to dabble in drag as part of my coming out process. I wasn't... Um, you know, there, there was so much that those stereotypes didn't represent for me, which made me question, am I gay? Am I straight? Like, where do I land on the spectrum? How does it work? Um, and it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't until I, you know, got to the age where I could move out, where there was more information, um, that I, that I realized what it could be and, and who I was. And actually, honestly, it took, um, meeting a, an out gay man who was a farmer and um, a science teacher and kind of like these really heteronormative interests and yeah. lifestyle. And I went, huh, okay, that's kind of more a representation of who I am because I do do a lot of construction with, um, you know, and, and construction work on homes and on the family cabin. And I would drive a truck and I, you know, I do enjoy ATVing and snowmobiling and all these typical you know, FXR type dude wearing stuff, mm-hmm. but, um, but I didn't see that as representation in the media. And, you know, this kind of goes in, like, it's just so important to have representation that isn't so stereotypical. Right. Like, people will be like, oh yeah, we have gay representation, but you're representing the stereotypes, only the stereotypes. You need to represent them as people. They have different interests. They have different personalities. They aren't all the same. Um, so I think, you know, we need more of that, yep. 100%. Uh, the next question, second last question, I think. Um, have you ever had a student disrespect you because you're gay? 
Um, before coming out, I had a student disrespect. Didn't realize disrespected me for being gay, um, but I wasn't out myself at that point, neither, and no one really knew. Um, but being out and open, um, never directly um, disrespectful towards me. Um, common hallway conversations where someone's like, that's so gay, or, you know, one of those things. Um, that happens, but I just use corrective action where I'll be like, Sophia, I heard you say that. How did you know I was gay? How did you know that I was in the hallway and that you could call me out for that? And I make it very awkward for them. <laughs> and then I say, Sophia, the if I switched the, this narrative on you and I went, ugh, that's so Sophia. God, don't be so Sophia. It changes the narrative and mm -hmm. students to start to understand that that's not nice and that's not, um, and that's not kind of a, 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 that shouldn't be a negative thing. And even when they're like, oh, I mentioned the half weight. No, your tone said different. Yeah. And that's when it comes into like, you have to own up to your mistakes. Yeah. Right. You can't make excuses for them because, you know, even if you, you know, if you feel awkward about it, you feel like you have to own up to them. That's, you know. Like, yeah. that's the best way to, yeah. yeah. And I have actually heard stories of students where someone said, oh, that's so gay. And they're like, you can't say that. And they're like, oh, yeah, right, Mr. Shapiro. Because it's, because I, like, I like to make sure that I'm a positive influence and a positive representation for all students. And, you know, and I work very hard to respect them. I work really hard to earn their respect. And it's kind of funny when they, when they're, they reconcile that that's the reason why they should use it. Not necessarily that it's just not great for the community and other people that are listening to that conversation, but oh yeah, Shapiro's a guy, so we're gonna we're gonna leave it where it is. Mm -hmm. Great. If that's the reason why they reconcile it and I'm that one positive influence and positive representation of the community where they realize that that's not okay because that's who I am and that they're I'm someone that they respect, then that's a win. And um yeah, so this is the last question, which is what message would you like to share with our listeners? Just be you. You don't have to fit in into any box. You don't need to follow any set plan. Just be you, and you will know when the time is right for your safety um, to, to exist how you want to exist. And it does get better. Uh, as you go, it, it does get better. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Benjamin Shapiro for sharing some things about yourself and opinions. We all appreciate your willingness to be interviewed today.